Good morning. It's September 18th. It's raining in New York City, and it's going to keep on raining all day long. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The lead story on the front of this morning's New York Times is a very strangely packaged one. Biden plans a crackdown on industry's emissions, says the top headline, followed by push for costly new regulations if he wins second term creates political risks. The story as a whole, once it gets going, is about how the United States is nowhere near the necessary trajectory of emissions reductions to prevent serious global warming and climate catastrophe, and how as clean power generation and electric vehicles become more widespread, the next step in trying to stave off the ruination of the planet is to control the emissions from industry. But the piece insists on framing that in terms of the costliness of cleaning up what the paper describes as heavily polluting industries rather than the ongoing costs inflicted by heavy pollution, and of the supposed political liabilities created by an attempt to regulate heavy pollution, since heavy pollution is so popular with the voters. To that end, the story brings in David Axelrod, the Democratic strategist, best known for turning Barack Obama's landslide presidential victory into a generation of absolute political dominance top to bottom by far-right Republicans, to explain what a terrible problem it is, If you are seen as imposing debilitating regulations on heavy industry that employs large numbers of people, Axelrod told the Times, you're not only going to get a backlash from manufacturing, but labor as well. Yes, if you are seen as doing that, that is, if that becomes the focus of your messaging, that will indeed be a liability. But who can argue with David Axelrod when it comes to promoting the interests of unions? And then there's a snarling quote from a spokesperson for the Republican National Committee, Apparently, skyrocketing gas and energy prices weren't enough for Biden. He wants to raise the prices on building and infrastructure costs and put hardworking Americans further into debt. Because it's important to air out all the political attacks the policy could suffer before you get into the merits of the policy. Deep inside the story, in a further expression of concern about those union people and whether they're willing to tolerate a cleaner environment, the Times writes, Perhaps even worse for Mr. Biden, unionized auto workers are uneasy about his regulations designed to pivot the American market away from gasoline-powered cars and toward electric vehicles. Concerned that electric vehicles require fewer workers and that a transition could cost jobs, the United Auto Workers has so far declined to endorse Mr. Biden. The union went on strike Thursday against the nation's largest car makers, in part over demands that workers at electric vehicle battery factories be covered by the UAW contract. This echoes a bit in the Gail Collins, Brett Stevens opinion section, Jabberfest, in which asked about where she stands on the UAW strike, the purportedly liberal Collins says, I'm generally on the union side in these things. Organized labor has been a key to the growth of a solid middle and working class America. But the UAW's lack of support for President Biden's effort to move us to electric cars has definitely cooled me. This is like an actual meme an idea fragment that lodges in people's heads and replicates. The UAW is against a transition from union jobs building internal combustion vehicles to non-union jobs building electric vehicles. Pretending that the salient difference here is gas versus electric rather than union versus non-union is just daft. It's the unquenchable panic among liberals that Richard Nixon is once again going to stir up the real American hard hats against the dirty hippies. Meanwhile, on the front of the business section, where maybe numbers count more than vibes, the lead story is, climate law is reshaping investment in the U.S. Private investment in clean energy projects like solar panels, hydrogen power, and electric vehicles surged after President Biden signed an expansive climate bill into law last year. 
a development that shows how tax incentives and federal subsidies have helped reshape some consumer and corporate spending in the United States. New data being released on Wednesday suggests the climate law and other parts of Mr. Biden's economic agenda have helped speed the development of automotive supply chains in the American Southwest, buttressing traditional auto manufacturing centers in the industrial Midwest and the Southeast. The 2022 law, which passed with only Democratic support, aided factory investment in conservative bastions like Tennessee and the swing states of Michigan and Nevada. The law also helped underwrite a spending spree on electric cars and home solar panels in California, Arizona, and Florida. It's as if the public maybe doesn't have to face a choice between being poisoned, roasted, and drowned, and being broke. In other political news, over the weekend, the Texas State Senate voted to acquit, impeached, and also indicted Attorney General Ken Paxton, overruling the Republican-controlled House. The headline on the story in the Times says, Win for Paxton puts hard right on top in Texas, which seems more or less backwards. The fact that the hard right is on top in Texas was what gave Paxton the win. Anyway, we now have a state affirming what we already demonstrated at the federal level, which is that impeachment as a political mechanism dependent on the existence of shame, and with shame gone, there's basically no mechanism left to remove a crooked politician. And Britain is trying to ban the American Bully XL dog breed, a breed that seems to have been created more or less for the purpose of getting banned by people who just didn't think pit bulls were stigmatized enough. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.